The following podcast contains coarse language and adult themes. This week on the show, it's more than our language that gets colourful as we cover the entire 30-year history of the DC Animated Universe and we also talk about the legacy of one of DC's oldest and most beloved characters, the OG sidekick, Dark Knight Jr. himself, the wonder that is Robin. I'm Riggs. I'm Eddie. And this is the Filmatics Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Filmatics Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm here with Addy. And um, before we get into our, uh, our what will be the scheduled programming of uh, chatting about the DC Animated Universe and of course Robin, or the Robins, um, Addy, you wanted to uh, just catch up from, from last episode. We had a, a, a little bit of um, news this week coming out of uh, the DC camps about the Flash picture. Tell me, uh, tell me what your thoughts are. So um, the news is that as all Ezra Miller projects are being hold off or held off by WB mm. currently. Mm-hmm. So we still have we still have the Flash coming this year. Hopefully, it comes this year. Do you but, think they're going to still do it? I mean, it's already done though. Yeah, I just I, I don't know if they're going to. I reckon they'll push the release. Honestly, if 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 nothing else, they've got some serious rehabilitation to do. Um, in that, it's not like. Two and a half men, where they can just kill off Charlie Sheen, you know, <laughs> like this is the Flash. They're either going to have to replace him. Um, I heard someone say they should do um, the same thing they did for All the Money in the World, the Ridley Scott film that Kevin Spacey was originally in, and then they removed him and reshot all his scenes with Christopher Plummer. Um, someone was saying they should do that with Grant Gustin, which I think is a great idea. Yeah, that. But that would actually work. So um, what we should do is um, I'll ask you a question and then we can and then we can say what we think is the best idea for them to go. Okay. I love right questions. Now. Yeah, questions are great because they require very minimal effort on my part. So <laughs> Okay. All right. And then you can tell me what you think, what your answer would be. Absolutely. Okay. So my question to you or the first question for today okay. is... What do you think will work and what do you think will not work for you specifically mm-hmm. in the Flash film? Do you mean as in how they're going to get it out now that they've had all this trouble or just what the film is going no, to be? No, just just what the film is going to be in the story because yeah. we both know the story of how it's loosely being adapted. From Flashpoint? <sighs> From Flashpoint. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, and I think... That's that's DC like trying to do a soft reboot of the universe because they're not going in the direction that they would have had uh, Zach still been kind of executive producing all this stuff, but he's clearly moved on. And it also gives Affleck the opportunity, because Affleck's clearly in it, gives him the opportunity to hang up the cape and cowl. And then Michael Keaton is seemingly going to take over as the sort of senior Batman of these universes. He's definitely in the Batgirl movie they're making. Um, so is, um, uh, what's the actor's name? J.K. Simmons coming back as Commissioner Gordon. So I think in terms of it doing that for them, 
I think it's probably a good idea to get back to, like we were talking last week about doing individual movies about these characters that might end up having sequels. But just within the confines of a Flash movie, what I want to see is honestly a more faithful adaptation of Flashpoint where, I mean, those of you who've read the comic and if you listen to this, you probably have. And if not, you've seen the Flashpoint Paradox, which we'll get to shortly, which is just one of the best animated movies you'll ever see. You know, the Flash uh, accidentally breaks the time barrier, goes back in time, saves his mum from being murdered by, um, uh, is it Zoom? It's not reverse Flash, is it? It's Zoom, right? Yeah, I think it's Zoom. Or maybe it's reverse Flash or everybody yell at me in the comments, whatever. Um, And then it, it changes the world dramatically. And instead of, spoilers, instead of, Batman being Bruce Wayne, it ends up being Thomas Wayne and and Bruce was killed in that alley and Martha goes insane and becomes the Joker and then you have Aquaman and Wonder Woman who were lovers. Yeah, right? It's so good. Addy's doing that. Because this is a podcast, you can't tell. Addy's doing the mind-blowing, you know, hands on his head. Uh, Yeah, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are lovers and Atlantis and Themyscira are at war with one another. Superman's trapped in some sort of government installation it's just there's so much interesting shit going on with these characters who you're really familiar with and the flash is just in the middle of it just trying to figure it out um and he also loses his powers and has to recreate the accident with the help of thomas wayne and that's honestly what i want and from from just seeing the trailers and stuff we've had a conversation about ezra miller when we talked about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and I've talked about it on the Stitch Up at length I don't think he's a good actor I'm not interested in his private life whatever he's doing it sounds like he's acting the fool but I, regardless of that tabloid stuff I don't think he's a good actor and I don't think he fits Barry Allen at all um, like I was saying Grant Gustin's a much better choice probably he's even tied into that universe uh, at one point they were going to have Ryan Reynolds do it I remember um, then he ended up being Green Lantern but more to the point, it doesn't seem like that's what they're doing. There's multiple flashes. Superwoman comes into it, or Supergirl, rather, who is kind of usurping Henry Cavill's spot in the, the DCU. And it's not going to be a, a, an adaptation of Flashpoint in the way that I would want it to be. What my hope is, is that they do somehow manage to pull in some of those threads, like Thomas Wayne, and they get the guy. What's what's his name? Um the guy who played Batman's dad in BVS, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, get him in the bat suit with the red bat and the thing and just, you know what I'm saying, man? Get get Gal Gadot back if you must. Um, you know, she's got not a fantastic actress either, but, you know, she's she's clearly marked herself as being Wonder Woman in this universe. Put her in age makeup, you know, and then get Momoa in as well and have them fight. Like, I, you can do all this stuff. You just got to pay a bit of money. But as I said, I don't think that's what it is going to be. That would be my hope though. What do you want? What do you desire the most? I sound like a genie. (laughs) (laughs) Three wishes. These wishes, three. Tell me what they are. The flash to not suck, number one. It's a a hard question for me to answer because to be honest, like... The Flashpoint is is probably my my favorite comic of all time, mm. unless 
unless until I finish um, Kingdom Come, which is getting really close. But, uh, it gets better and better too as as you go on. It's just it's yeah, it's it's immaculate. But yeah, for me, like there there is nothing as wholesome, as emotional, and as um, impactful as that as the last page where Barry gives the Thomas Wayne letter to Bruce Wayne, mm. and is and Bruce Wayne in tears says, "You're one hell of a messenger." Yeah. It's and good writing. It's really good writing. It's something that if you're not a fan, you won't really connect with. Mm. But like for me, like the starting of a, like we're finally getting a flash film. Like after after decades of this character actually existing, we're finally getting one feature film with this character, right? And Flashpoint itself is a, is a is a storyline that's that pulls threads from universes, but is is like at at the heart of it, it's a flash story altogether. He's the one he's the one doing everything. He's the one who has to get back because he realizes that what he did is wrong, and he he tries to fix his mistake or redo his mistake. <laughs> but <laughs> it gets a bit muddled with fourth dimensional logic. Yeah, I totally understand. But uh, yeah, and that scene right at the end, if, you, if you're if you a Batman fan and you don't cry, like, come on. And for me, I don't, like, that's that's the core of the Flashpoint to me. It's 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 how Barry convinces this, this dark and gruesome Thomas Wayne to help him go back to a universe where his son lives. Like, just imagine that, right? And it's the story of Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne never actually meeting, but but like being this force of good, even though in two different universes, right? Mm. And it's also that Thomas ends up, well, both of them kind of get closure. Absolutely. Yeah, after all these years. And that, that won't work. I'm pretty sure it won't work, even if they do it or not. I'm no. hoping they do. It it will never work because we don't have we don't have that connection or that that time that we have to spend with Bruce Wayne or to understand what he actually lost mm. with Thomas Wayne not being here. And even if they do the leisure scene, it's it's gonna it's gonna fall flat. Yeah. And with with like everything coming in with there's supposed to be two Flash now in the film, like in the uh, in the trailer. There's two Ezra Miller. Tra- I think everyone will agree is too too many. <laughs> um, racing around the universe, super fast, slapping people in the face or whatever the hell he did. I don't know. Oh no, that was the other guy. Man, DC's not having much luck with their actors this week. Fuck, they've canned the no. Deadpool movie too. Whatever, who cares? No. Um. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm totally on board with what you're saying, and and it would be ideal. I it'll be interesting. I mean, the right turn, the sharp right turn that they could make is that Michael Keaton isn't actually playing the Batman that he played originally in the 1980s and 1990s. He's playing Thomas Wayne, and he is the 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 father from the Flashpoint universe, and Affleck is the son. That might be cool. 
I think it would confuse the shit out of people, but of they should be playing yeah. a long con on that one. I don't know. And it's not a bad idea, but it's, it's, it's something it's, it's interesting. And that's all I'm looking for at the moment with that yeah, film. Just, I want it to be interesting. Yeah. Something, something that's, and I guess you can't really say that they're trying to capitalize on the success of No Way Home because they were already in the process of, of making this film when that, that came out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's interesting. But I that's if we ever see it too because the way things are going, uh, apologies if the audio is crackling a little bit there. It's, we're having a bad connection, but um, <laughs> so we sound like dialects for a minute. Um it sounds like they don't want anything to do with Ezra Miller and probably rightly so. Like he's, he's, you know, the things that he's doing are not petty crimes. They're, you know, assaults and some, you know, some serious stuff. That's not the flash. That's not Barry Allen, you know, but then again, if I had the kind of money that he has, I'd probably go insane as well. I don't believe that. Not, not to that extent, but (laughs) (laughs) fly all the way over to where you live just to come to your house and tell you to get out of your own house and slap you or something. I promise I would never do that. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's The Flash. And uh, I hope we see something. Maybe it's going to be a case of, yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for all the other people involved, honestly. The people who've, you know, it's supposed to be Athlete's swan song and Michael Keaton's a return to the DC universe and all this stuff. It's, fans have been looking forward to this for a long time and just because of the behaviour of one, you know, very troubled young man, they're, uh, we're all getting kind of, we're all being let down. Um, a lot of people worked really hard on that film. Directors, writers, gaffers, caterers, props people, makeup artists, costume designers, all these people who, who are just doing the job uh, as as you know, tradespeople basically, they're not paid the millions of dollars that the stars are. Now their work is going unseen, and that can be troublesome because then that means they won't get noticed by other people to do more work, and that's how that's how this industry kind of kind of floats. And yeah, I I, I feel bad for those people, and I, I hope they I hope they work it out. Fingers crossed that the Flash is actually a good film. Yeah. And we finally get to see the flash that, you know, we love. That's that's all I'm hoping for. Yeah. So, something interesting and, and the Barry Allen that we recognize. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, to get back to the point, not that nerd shit isn't the point as it is, um, we're going to talk about the DC animated universe and it is vast. I have to tell you, I, I didn't actually realize it was this big. Um they have been making feature-length animated movies since 1993. Um, now, Addy is going to go into a little bit more depth on this one about how they are connected. As of, excuse me, as of the Flashpoint paradox, the films have their own continuity. Previous to that, there are quite a few that we will go through. We're just going to touch on them quickly, but we're going to talk about um, the actual the the ones in continuity pretty specifically because they do lead into our conversation about the Robins. So um, let's just, I'm just going to start at the top. I think that's the best way to do it. And we're going to work our way down and then we get to, we get to the ones that um, you're a bit more familiar with Addy. I think we go into uh, your feeling about them because they really are doing things in, in the, the genre that the movies can't. 
Absolutely, and it's it's so good to see just that point. Like not not a lot of not a lot of people are watching those films, but the people who are, it's it's something else. If you if you like, especially the flashpoint paradox continuity, it's mm. insane. Yeah, it's insane how groundbreaking those things are, with with the budget that they have, and just the amount of stories that they're telling. Mm. And the animation kind of became a little bit more uniform. They had a, a a visual continuity as well as a story continuity. Uh, my co-host on on the Stitch Up uh, back when we did the Doctor Strange episode years ago, uh, Ben McGregor, um, one of my my dearest friends, he said, you know, DC does animated stuff second to none. You know, they are in in terms of this stuff. I mean, I'm not talking, not putting them in in the same boat as studio ghibli or anything like that but in terms of what they're able to t- achieve uh for feature length animated films is, is pretty impressive so um i'm gonna go from the top here 1993 a film comes out it is a, a feature length version of the batman animated series from the 90s called batman mask of the phantasm now those of you who've seen this will know and those of you who haven't beg, borrow, and steal to get this film because it is it is the retelling of... Why are you laughing? What's so funny? You don't like it, do you? No, I'm just embarrassed because I haven't seen it. Oh, you ragamuffin. Ragamuffin? What am I? <laughs> From 1942? What's going on? You got to see the Go Batman, on, see? Um... Stupid. But yes, uh, Batman Master of the Phantasm, it's kind of a retelling of Batman's origin story by way of a love story. And it's fantastic. It's really good. They've just recently made the character of the Phantasm canon as well. It's it, he, the, sorry, he, she, oh, spoilers, uh, now appears in the uh, actual comic universe as well. But it's really fantastic storytelling. The Joker's involved. It's kind of got a bit of his origin story as well. And it was it was released in cinemas on Christmas Day, if I remember correctly. And that was that's, less... a, that's a dark day. Yeah, that's a dark and, day to release a Batman film. They yeah, and like talk about stacking the deck. That's that's a big ask for an animated Batman movie to succeed on Christmas Day. Only a year after Batman Returns came out as well. So that's, you know, interesting enough. Out of that series as well, I don't know if you've seen these, uh, Addy, is the, there was the Batman animated series, then the Superman animated series by the same creators, the same animation style. And then that turned into, both of those turned into the Justice League, uh, which ran for a long time. It's the reason why uh, I think... John Stewart, the Green Lantern, is is much more popular as a Green Lantern. Yeah, right. He's he's the man. He's yeah. absolutely the man, um, and and definitely the you know the rise of his popularity. They didn't just use Hal Jordan like normal, and then that turned into Justice League Unlimited as well. So there's been a bunch of different iterations of of that kind of animation style, um, and then we get uh, in 1998 Batman and Mister Freeze Sub Zero, which is another jump off of this series. Um, and also Batman uh, Mystery of the Batwoman, which was a pretty, you know, it was okay. It was a little diminishing returns. But I think the interesting one around about this time is when Batman the Animated Series finished, they relaunched with a show called Batman Beyond. 
I'm sure some of the people have you seen it, Addy? I I've seen it when it first came out. I caught it on reruns. Yeah, of course you would have, because when it first came out, you were not born. <laughs> yes, I was. You I was thinking very young. Born. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I recently started watching it, like just the first just the first few episodes, and like when I watched it first, I I didn't quite like grasp the the kind of story that they're telling. Mm-hmm. But now that I have like a a bit more bigger mind. If that's something that you say in normal life. <laughs> yeah. Older and wiser. Yep, I get it. A bigger mind. Yeah. You do have a bigger mind, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, just just like the first few episodes of the first season, it's it's so packed and it's like not in like everything's just jumbled. It's so well written. Mm. And it's based in the future. And you, God, it's, it's something that, a lot of Batman fans want is is that that gritty and the very um, kind of death like future of uh, Bruce Wayne, because yes. Christopher Christopher Nolan did this with his trilogy is um, something that Batman comics or just Batman stories never conclude to is Bruce Wayne having a happy ending, which is why a lot of people like that trilogy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and for good reason. That's that's not a bad thing to do to give. I think everybody kind of expects Batman to. Um, to get shafted at every turn just because of the nature of the character that he is. But it is nice. In in Batman Beyond, I think uh, what Addy's referencing is that uh, the Batman from the original Batman animated series, who was voiced by Kevin Conroy, spectacularly, mind you, uh, he came back and played an aging Bruce Wayne. The first episode actually sees him get so badly injured during an adventure that he says, never again. And a young man named Terry McGuinness takes over using the last of of the suits that Bruce created, which is much more of a tech suit. You know, it's sleeker, it's black, it's got these sort of, you know, uh, 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 bat wings that he uses to fly, but it's not like a, a cape. It's, um, yeah, it was really interesting. And, and they made a feature length version of it called Return of the Joker. Now, because in yes. that series, there is no Joker. There's a, a, a gang of the Jokers, but there's no... Joker, as we come to know him, voiced by Mark Hamill, so spectacularly. Uh, and he comes back. And it's all tied in with, um, uh, uh, t- I believe, Tim Drake as well, that that Robin, and there's some stuff going on there. And it's um, it was really good. It was really good. Um, I'm, I'm not super into the series. It has a massive cult following, so much so that there's even a, a, a long-standing comic run of it. Uh, even more now, there's, there's uh, you know, a newer release of it, uh, which you know, people there's obviously demand, and uh, but yeah, I, I really dig that movie. Uh, I don't know why it just hit a sweet spot for me in the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then uh, they kind of rebooted Batman again on TV, it became the Batman, much more colorful, uh, much more animated, uh, sorry, animated, much more anime influenced style. And uh, they they made a feature link film called Batman versus Dracula. Um, the title is all you really need to know about that film. Yep. Batman. And and, uh, and he versus uh, Dracula. So, <laughs> and then in 2007, they did a, an animated adaptation of The Death of Superman. Now, later on, they would do a two-part 
animated series about the death of Superman and the reign of the Superman, I believe it was called, uh, proper, like actually adapting almost verbatim from the graphic novel. But this was an offshoot of the animated series of Superman where he basically just fought Doomsday and got his ass whooped by that big bony ponytail wrestler looking motherfucker um not not at all like a troll from the Zack Snyder verse he looked much more like you know uh macho man Randy Savage and uh it's a pretty good animated film the thing I liked most about it is there was an extra feature on the DVD of a bunch of Superman creators talking about that run of the comics and how important it was to them and Michael Uslan who I talked about last week one of the producers on all this stuff he was actually crying you know remembering the day that Superman died and I remember it too there was like it was on the news about Superman is dead and and you know he's being replaced by Superman and this by by Superman with long hair and by Superboy and by this cyborg version and all that stuff it was very intense and uh, uh, but I mean the, the animated films fine it's it's you know nothing fantastic however what is fantastic and don't worry we're getting we're going to get through and 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 get to addy soon i know i'm taking up a lot of the airtime here but i just want to give people a broad idea of what dc has been doing um in 2008 they did an adaptation of the fantastic uh graphic novel new frontier uh or the new frontier sorry uh which was written uh by um darwin cook uh r.i.p fantastic artist had had came from the animated world uh worked on batman and the animated series and then came into comics did some fantastic work wrote batman ego which uh the batman the recent release uh the matt reese film is is draws inspiration from uh that film takes place in the 1950s and all the superheroes are kind of very new to the world and they're they're helping um uh, avert human crises in in a real world context Batman Gotham Knights came out in 2008 as well. This was uh, a bunch of short films that were given to prominent Japanese animators uh, and they were to take, you know, a portion of a story. It kind of coincided with the release of um, uh, The Dark Knight. Uh, A couple of those are really interesting. The animation style is is fantastic. Uh, There's also a Wonder Woman movie in 2009 as well uh, where... Funnily enough, uh, uh, Steve Trevor was voiced by Nathan Fillion, who would go on to voice Hal Jordan in in majority of the uh, of, of the animated series uh, he did in the uh, New Frontier we just spoke about. Kerry Russell uh, of Felicity fame would be Wonder Woman in that. Uh, not bad. Haven't haven't actually uh, watched that one since it came out, so it might be looking you know a, a, a relook. Uh, as I said, Green Lantern First Night was the first feature-length animated Green Lantern film with Nathan Fillion, who is a god to me. Uh, I still reckon he should uh, be in an animated movie and voice uh, Black Sad. If you don't know what Black Sad is, Google it. It's, uh, it's a comic book that is a noir populated by animals, and Black Sad is a cat in, in, a, in, a, in a suit. I'll send you some pictures, Addy. It is the most baller shit. It's just... It's one of my favorite books of all time. I love it. Um, so more crackling, damn. Okay, uh, in 2009 as well, we had Batman, uh, Superman and Batman, Public Enemies, which is based on the Jeff Loeb and uh, Ed McGuinness run of the series uh, in the comics. Um, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, which uh, I believe was written by... Now, I'm going to have to check here, sorry, because uh, I want to say Warren Ellis, but I think I'm going to be wrong. Uh, 
No, of course, Frank Quietly and Grant Morrison, uh, where the Justice League go to Earth 2 and face their evil counterparts. Uh, then we have Batman Under the Red Hood, which was, of course, an adaptation of the story of the return of Jason Todd, who we will get to very shortly in our Robin conversation. That I've recently rewatched this, and it is really good. It really holds up. Uh, oh, wait. Just give me one second. Yeah, really, of course. Really, really big coincidence here. I mm. watched that yesterday. Oh, really? That's weird. Yes. In preparation for this? Kind Just- of. Like kind of yeah, I just appreciate your um commitment to 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 what we're doing. That's very cool. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? I, I'm it holds up. And Jensen Eccles um of uh he, he's the really good looking one in Supernatural. <laughs> I mean, Jared and Mac- and uh and he's what? No, he is uh, Soldier Boy in the Boys. Season in the Boys, two. yeah, Boys season is it two or three. Season three that comes season out three. in June. Yeah, I mean that's. That's a goddamn good show. Yeah, I love Jensen, not only because um, he's 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 a great actor and he's got a great voice. He just seems like a really he seems like the kind of dude who you'd want to hang out with, you know. Um, and if you're listening, Jensen, PM me, mate, and we'll get a we'll get a beer. I don't drink, but you can have one and I'll watch um, and let you talk at me about <laughs> about supernatural stuff. Addy laughs at my jokes a lot, but you can't hear him for some reason because I'm talking when he's laughing. So if I stop... No, you can't hear him. For some reason, his laughs aren't being picked up, but I promise you I'm hilarious. Um, so yeah, Under the Red Hood, well worth a look. It had another adaptation of... The Batman or the Superman Batman comic by Jeff Loeb, and this time it is the story uh, of uh, Supergirl. Uh, it's actually called Superman and Batman Apocalypse. Darkseid comes down, starts you know causing a ruckus as he is wont to do, and uh, it's also the origin or, or, or the uh, the new the return in the comics. It was the return of Supergirl. It was drawn by uh, Michael Turner, again R.I.P. Tragic story, Michael Turner, fantastic young artist, died very, very young of uh, uh, a cancer, and um, but had a huge impact on on the uh, comic world in the '90s. Um, created the character called Fathom, who you might recall worked on Witchblade for a really long time. Uh, just amazing artist, and and yeah, he's uh, he worked on that particular run. <clears throat> but yeah, it's basically uh, that's um, the animated cinematic equivalent of fuck around and find out. Um, uh, because uh, he gets his ass whooped by um, Darkseid gets his ass whooped by Supergirl Uh, then we have in 2011 All-Star Superman which is an adaptation of again uh, Frank Quietly and Grant Morrison's run of comics Uh, All-Star Comics was a release to kind of not combat but but uh, mirror what Marvel was doing with the Ultimates universe where they relaunched their key characters Avengers, Spider-Man, X-Men in a modern context. So we got new origin stories and it was very popular. They tried to do it in DC with All-Star Superman, which was still to this day is heralded as one of the greatest Superman stories ever told. But then they put uh, Frank Miller and uh, Jim Lee on All-Star Batman and Robin and it was very controversial. Only because Frank Miller has some very particular ways of looking at characters and he made Batman coarse and mean and uh, very 
very anti-hero, which is not what Batman is, even though he's a, a vigilante. Um, it was also plagued with production issues and delays, and they kind of canned that whole thing and uh, and then went on and, and, and relaunched with uh, what would end up being the Earth One series of books. Um, in 2011, we had uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights, which was much, much more, more about the Green Lantern Corp. Sorry again about the audio issues ha- happening just there. It sounds like I'm underwater. Uh, 2011, we also had uh, an adaptation of Batman Year One, which had um, a fantastically voiced uh, Jim Gordon by... Uh, what's his name? The guy from Breaking Bad. Brian Cranston, um, the Cran well. Man? The cra- we call him Cranny? Um, <laughs> I don't know who we is, but I do. Uh, and then, uh, I think the same year... No, the following year, uh, adaptation of Justice League... Uh, what? Uh, Sorry, a run of the Justice League comic um, in where Batman has devised a bunch of, you know, plans to execute should any of the Justice League members become compromised. Uh, it's actually really... The, the animated film's fine, but that run of the comics is really good because it ends with Batman basically saying, I'm not going to be in the Justice League anymore because if all you motherfuckers... I mean, he doesn't say that, obviously, but in my head he does... But then again, if it was Ben Affleck, he would be swearing. He would. I, yeah. He's a potty mouth. Um, <laughs> says me. <laughs> the most raw guy ever. Um, yeah, it's basically Batman at the end says, if all you Justice League homies don't understand why we need this, then I shouldn't be here. I, you know? Yeah. It's some of the most dangerous people on planet Earth if they were going to get flipped. And Superman says to him, he's like, well, you know, what about you? What's what's the plan for stopping yourself? And Batman goes, you. <laughs> you know? That's if I, yeah, if I flip, you're going to be the one to, to get me, you know? So um, pretty cool. Uh, then they also did an adaptation um, of uh, a Superman adaptation, Superman versus the Elite. The Elite were a bunch of superheroes, sort of more modern kind of hipster, um, you know, hardcore superheroes who weren't worried about doing harm, kind of like the authority. And um, they, you know, at odds with Superman who doesn't kill and, and, you know, doesn't maim. Um, And that's an interesting uh, look as well. I I recently watched that. Um, They did a two-part Dark Knight Returns adaptation in 2012, which was pretty cool. We'll talk about that a bit more because when we get into Robin... Um, the Kerry Kelly Robin, uh, the, the first female Robin, appeared in that book. Uh, he's played by Ariel Winter in the uh, animated film. Uh, Peter Weller of Robocop fame voiced Batman and Bruce Wayne in that two-part series, which is pretty great. It's a really good double bill. They only go for an hour and 20 minutes each, so you're in and out pretty fast. And then finally, before we get into what is the, the longer DC-connected uh, uh, animated universe, we have Superman Unbound, where he uh, fights some stuff and he punches some things um, just by looking at it. Uh, Supergirl is also involved um, and the animation style varied quite a lot, but it's still worth a look. I don't remember it that well. Oh, Matt Boomer played Superman, which is pretty cool. He currently is on uh, the Doom Patrol show. So after that 
10 minutes of me non-stop talking and ranting. Thank you for listening. I'm, I'm sorry if that became boring for any of you. Uh, but then again, why are you here? Um, we get to 2013, the release of Justice League, The Flashpoint Paradox. Addy, tell me about The Flashpoint Paradox, the animated film. I want to hear from you. Right. So first of all, just listening to you, I have so much homework to do on DC now. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of watching. <laughs> There's to... a lot. Yeah. Don't don't stress yourself too much though. So, I think because uh, we have DC EU, which is DC Extended Universe, where we have films now, like live action films. Yep. But before that, we had the DCAU, which was, so it's DC Comics or Detective Comics Animated Universe. Correct. Right? So there we had Batman Beyond, uh, Batman, the animated series, all those. Now, stemming from that, and the films that you described are all in the DCAU category. And now when we branch off to Flashpoint, we come in the DCAU DCAMU cat Jesus Christ man. <laughs> <laughs> the frustrated Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's that's the it's moment there. of the podcast. That's awesome. Well done. Sorry. It's e- it's fine. It's <laughs> you either can't do it. The DCEU is universe. Is that what you're trying to say? No, it's the God. Okay. Give me a second here. Uh, sure. it's the detective comics animated movie universe the dc a m u c r e s p e c t find out what it means to me <laughs> christ um yes okay so and that starts with uh, the flashpoint paradox yes that starts with the flashpoint paradox right and the flashpoint paradox the comic is holy grid there's, there's no better, or it's one of the best stories ever told in comic book history. Agreed. To me. To yeah. me. Oh, I think I think that's <laughs> universally, you know, you can't deny it. Whether you like it or not, you can't deny that it's a, a milestone. Right. And it was the, uh, the film, The Flashpoint Paradox, the film was my introduction to a connected universe of DC characters that I didn't know was possible at all. Mm-hmm. And I think what that universe does is it takes it takes design and references from the new 52 con- uh, continuation, which was after Crisis, correct? Well, no. Flashpoint was actually the kind of the, the progenitor of, of that. When Barry returns uh, to his time in Flashpoint in the comic, uh, you've noticed that he's his costume's actually different and and by going back and changing things and then changing them back he effectively launched the new 52 by uh-huh. changing the current the current universe or what we understand to be earth prime i am such a fucking nerd i can't even get it. i love you for that i love you for that because if Thanks. i was just going about <laughs> just going about it like why is he talking so much about one character <laughs> It's totally true, but yeah. So that's that's sort of what happened. Uh, yeah, it, it, that's where it takes its um, its cues from. Yeah, the, the just just before the new fifty two launched. 
and then it continues with just amazing and just in my opinion some of the best DC stories to have ever come and it's a shame that not a lot of people watch those movies because they say oh it's animated and it's DC it's cartoon no it's not it's legit and it's fucking amazing yeah it really is I'm it, sorry it's no you don't, hey man don't worry about swearing to me there's <laughs> Uh, so Justice League, uh, Flashpoint Paradox, followed a few years later, the following year by Justice League War, which was an adaptation yeah. of uh, Jim Lee and I think Jeff John's New 52 Justice League book, which was their origin again. Uh, also in 2014 was Son of Batman, which is an adaptation of the uh, Andy Kerbett and Grant Morrison, the beginning of Grant Morrison's run on Batman, which introduced Damian Wayne. Uh, his son with Talia, who ended up being Robin. Which uh, which is also a film that there also shows a lot more of just Bruce's character as Batman. Because most of the times we see Batman as just is like Batman is Bruce Wayne. Like mm. Batman something that Bruce Wayne has always been. But when you go to Son of Batman, you actually see Bruce and how he reacts to things. In, in a way that Batman would, but he also like controls himself a lot. Because like when he when Damien's introduced, Bat, like Bruce has no idea who, who the fuck this kid is. Yeah, he is the <laughs> seed of my loins. Why am I singing? I'm singing a lot today. Yeah, it, it, it's the same in the comic. He's he at first he's really skeptical, and then when he finds out that, oh no this is actually legitimately my child. He takes him in to, to the, into the bat cave, um, which is a great place for drama because you have this kid who's in a trained assassin coming in and wanting to be Robin and, and be like his dad, but he's also a murderer and he gets, he gets, you know, into it with, with Dick and Tim. Um, yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic pathos. And that's, that's again, continued a little bit later on. Like they kind of had, the Justice League stories going on in this animated universe and the Batman stories. Um, yeah, it's it's like the Justice League story arc, which at the end of the whole universe, which we'll talk about, yeah. is the, the main focus of like each film. But you have these characters introduced in like Justice League War, which is, I think, the first appearance of Darkseid in this universe, right? Correct. Right, which I remember watching that and I was like, Whoa, like it's the introduction of these characters, right? I think uh, Flash knows Batman and Green Hal Jordan's Green Lantern knows that Flash and Batman exist in places. But it's all of these all of these people just coming together and just like just straight up beating the shit out of Darkseid <laughs> and that, that final battle. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's to kind see, of what you wanted this... from Zack Snyder's Justice League, really. Oh, like, what would have been the sequel like, would have been that, you know? I like the, the last push with... Uh, with uh, it's it's Superman uh, punching Darkseid and it's Wonder Woman throwing the sword and it's Batman on the portal try, trying his best to pull Darkseid in. Yeah. Like... It's like Batman's fucking Spider-Man or Doctor Strange portal. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, so yeah, years before too. Absolutely, absolutely. I think though, the the best part about that story is you get to see the Justice League interact in a way that you haven't before because they're all established 
and they know each other. Like you said, they know each other exists and how Jordan and Batman are in a sewer together and how Jordan's like, hang on a second, you're just a guy? And, and, and how's like, you, know, you can't stop me from doing anything because I'm a superhero. And he's like, well, you know what? I think I actually probably can. And he, and he like looks down and Batman's like, what's this? And he's holding the, 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 oh, goddamn audio mixes up. Sorry. He's holding the ring. And then Hal's, you know, costume goes away and he's like, hey, you just got pickpocketed by Batman and you're supposed to be the guardian of this sector of space. You're shit. You're a shit cop. Serious, man. <laughs> Not good at his job. Um, oh, yeah, and that's, that's interesting. And Superman's kind of a little aloof because he's still, he's still trying to figure out who he is and, and on planet Earth and he doesn't, he's, hasn't kind of discovered the Clark part of himself yet really and... It's a great series. It's a really great series. And that was followed up. Um, so it was Justice League War and then uh, Son of Batman. Batman Assault on Arkham, which is basically a, a Suicide Squad story. Um, and then that was I don't of, have that in my list here. Yeah, well, that's not actually part of... I don't think it connects in terms of continuity with these other oh, ones. okay. It has the same just, similar uh, animation style. But, I mean, Kev, Kevin Conroy returned to voice Batman for that one. So it is bit of an Elseworlds kind of thing in terms of this, you know, continuity. But after Son of Batman in 2015, it was Justice League Throne of Atlantis, which is based on the second oh. arc of the new 52 Justice League by Jeff Johns and Jim Lee, where Aguaman comes into it. A blonde Aguaman, which is not what we're used to. I think, right, uh... What's what's your what's your opinion on this film? Um, it's honestly a little while since I've seen it. I I like Aquaman. Uh, I I've always said you know people, what, what's what superpower would you like to have? Would you like to be able to fly, or would you like to be able to turn money into cake, or would you like to be able to you know do backflips and fart? Like what 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 is your ideal superpower? Probably not that last one, but. What is your ideal superpower? And mine would be Aquaman's to be able to, uh, you know, swim at any depth, be invulnerable to cold and pressure, and you know, be able to talk to fish um, or talk to animals at least. I think he's a cool character. I, I currently collect the Aquaman series, which is um, which is pretty cool, and uh, you know, I, I absolutely recommend that. But. Um, the film, I, I don't remember a lot of it. I'm actually kind of conflating it with the comic a, a little bit. The story's interesting that Atlantis kind of attacks and the Justice League has to contend with that and Aquaman is, is, is seen as a villain at first, which he generally is, even though it's kind of... I'm not sure if Marvel ripped off them or they ripped off Marvel with um, Namor, uh, but either way, it's very... Oh, sim- no, Namor was first. Namor was for, first? Okay, right. Yeah. See, that's why you have other nerds on your podcast to answer questions like that about Namor. And, um, but the, the, my most favorite part of it is where they're all just basically joking about how Aquaman is ineffectual in terms of his ability to combat evil. And he summons a giant shark and it just destroys this, this, this pier and all these bad guys on it. And, and he's just sort of real cool about the whole thing. You know, yeah, just summon a giant, a megalodon, just summoned a megalodon, whatever. It's no problem. And Jason Statham was nowhere to be seen. Have you seen that movie? The Meg? 
about the giant shark? You have, and Jason <laughs> Statham fights a, Jason Statham punches a giant shark in the head. <laughs> That's a sentence that no one ever needed to say. Ridiculous. And that, to anyone who hasn't watched the film, that's the least Jason Statham thing he's done in that film. I know. I know. I mean, apart from walking around with abs and being bald, but yeah. Sorry, what's that? No, you go. Uh, (laughs) And the film has Dwight Schrute from the US office in it, which was just fantastic to see. Yeah, he's, uh, uh, spoiler alert, he gets at. Um, He gets at by, by a giant... Megalodon, which is a prehistoric giant shark. I'm, I kind of want to watch that movie tonight. <laughs> it's pretty dodgy and it's real bloodless, but I just, I'd love to see Jason Statham put that spear in that shark again, you know. Um, but anyway, regardless of all that, what did you think of the Throne of Atlantis? I mean, it wasn't as good as War, but I mean, but could anything else at that point in that universe could be as good as War? Yeah, no, not not at that point. That was definitely the high water mark. It and they're they only a few d- movies in, but yeah, it's like what? It's like the fifth film. Uh, one, two. Well, I mean, technically, it's only the third if you're not counting Batman: uh, Assault on Arkham, and then because they came out so quickly, so it was Justice League: War and Son of Batman in the same year, 2014, and then Justice League: Throne of Atlantis and Batman versus Robin in. 2015 which if i'm not mistaken is um it's i'm pretty sure that's where dick takes over as batman isn't it i have not seen that one but jesus christ with that i will see it immediately yeah no i think hang on i'm just looking no actually i'm maybe i'm mistaken it's all right it's all right yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at it, but, but it's definitely Damien Wayne struggles to... I'm just reading the IMDb thing. It's mostly about Damien Wayne. Damien struggles to... Straggles? He struggles to cope with Batman's no-killing rule. Uh, he soon starts to believe his destiny lies with a secret society known as the Court of Owls, which, of course, is based off uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's... Uh, I hope that I'm saying that name right. Sorry, Greg, if you're listening. Um, Because he's a regular of our podcast. Um, Hopefully, uh, uh, sorry, um, their their run on on Batman New 52, which started with the Court of Hours, which is still considered, again, it was only, what, 12 years ago or something, still considered one of the greatest Batman stories of all time and kind of where I think the Batman movie series is leaning, definitely. For me, Throne of Atlantis is is the tipping point towards where creators were like, okay, so we have these characters now and we've had fun with Justice League War and Son of Batman. Now what do we do when we have all of these in the same universe? Mm. And I think Throne of Atlantis is where they're like, we know where where all of this is going to combine. Yeah. Yeah. it's, it's It's a stepping point towards something that is, it's Jesus Christ, that that last the last film is is something to talk about. Is what I'm is what I'm gonna say. Uh, Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark Apocalypse yeah. War. Well, we'll um, Apocalypse War is yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get to that uh, in just a second. But yeah, it does all lead to that. Um, 
so yeah, Batman versus Robin in 2015. Uh, there was also one called Justice League Gods and Monsters in 2015 that I haven't seen, um, which is, I believe, and it's set in an alternate universe. Um, there was some offshoots of the Batman Unlimited TV series as well. There was also another uh, run in, in another film in the Batman run here called Batman Bad Blood. Now, that is definitely a film in which Bruce Wayne is absent and Dick has taken over the cowl and his, uh, Damien is his Robin. Um, that's based on uh, a, a good portion of Grant Morrison's run when Batman was stuck in time after Final Crisis. Um, which I recently read, and it's it's like reading an instruction manual for a DVD player that comes from Jupiter. Like it's just it's it's a hard. Like I love Grant Morrison, but he sometimes he, he writes just for himself. Um, but that's definitely worth a look. It's you know it's same sort of animation style as well. God damn it! I keep losing this page. Um, I've got I've got the continuity ones with uh, just like with just uh, the ones that there were. Like in the continuity the, of the connected the ones, is that yeah. Justice League? Justice League Teen Titans on that because that was one. Yeah, uh, Justice League versus Teen Titans is on that. It's right after uh, Bad Blood, and I yeah. haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. But listen to this cast: Rosario Dawson as Wonder Woman. She's been doing that for a while. Shamir Moore from Criminal Minds and SWAT as Cyborg. Jerry O'Connell from Superman and Clark Kent. Jason Amaro's plays Batman and Bruce Wayne, which is funny because he's Irish as the day is long. Um, oh, and that's right. And uh, Sean Meyer plays uh, Nightwing, and he's from um, he's the Doctor in Firefly. But yeah, no, I haven't seen that one either. Um, but immediately following that uh, yeah. was uh, sorry, out, out of continuity. Um, Wait, sorry, I'm so sorry. No, go for it. What were you gonna say? No. No, because I have the continuity list. So I was like, the, the next one is Justice League Dark, and I was, so I like cut you off. Oh, oh. no, that's well, that's fine. I just wanted to, to hit on the ones that even weren't there because some of them were good. Um, one of them was uh, the adaptation of Batman: The Killing Joke, which Kevin Conroy and Mark yeah. Hamill returned for. Um, there's some issues in that. The, the The opening act of that film does not appear in the graphic novel of Killing Joke, and it involves Batman and Batwoman sleeping together on a rooftop. I ain't got a problem with that sexy business. Do whatever you want. But fans were not happy that they made adjustments to that that story. Um, it's also the last Batman story, really, the last Batman and Joker story in the comic books. That is absolutely at the end. Batman is at the end of his rope and he snaps the Joker's neck. They kind of allude to that in... Um, yeah, Addy, Spoiler alert! Addie looks really surprised. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that either. And I was listening to a podcast on which... Um, uh, funnily enough, Grant Morrison was talking about it with Kevin Smith, the, the filmmaker, and they were on his podcast, um, Fat Man on Batman, years ago. And uh, they were talking about best Batman stories, and Kevin mentioned that, and he said, well, yeah, it's the last Batman story, because at the end of it, you don't hear, like, the cracking of the neck, but the Joker's laughing after telling that joke. Batman laughs as well. He tells him that final joke about those insane people, and then all of a sudden the laughter stops, and that's the end of the book. That's that's the final Batman story, really. Um, they didn't do it like super justice in terms of animation style either. They didn't take uh, Brian Boylan's style and 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 make it animated that the way that I had with some of the other designs ones. But that lives out of this continuity. Um, and the, the other one I just want to mention before we get to Justice League Dark is uh, Batman: Return of the Cape Crusaders. 
um, which came out in 2016. This was an animated sequel to the 1960s Batman series with um, Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, it also, uh, Julie Newmar also played Catwoman. Um, these were very old people <laughs> who came back, who came back to play these uh, these iconic characters that they had played in the past, and they they mirrored the, uh, the the style of that show in the animation, which is pretty cool. And then 2017, we have the first of what is a two-part uh, kind of end of this universe, Justice League Dark. Um, now, for those of you not familiar with Justice League Dark, um, it is a, a, a story about the the Justice League in this universe, not if they were facing what I would call global and, and intergalactic threats. Uh, they face mystical threats. Uh, you have people like Zatanna, uh, John Constantine, the demon Etrigan, fucking Swamp Thing, like just some of the best characters that DC has to offer. And they put them in this this animated movie. Um, John Constantine is actually voiced by Matt Ryan, who played John Constantine Ooh, in live action. Yeah. yeah, on the TV series and in the Arrowverse. Uh, very, very cool. So, yeah, that's the, that's the first one. Uh, Batman also appears in, in that as well as kind of a, a way for people to kind of be like, oh, what's this? Batman's in it. I'll have a look. Um, Wonder Woman as well. So, like, this is really where it got something for me. What, what, how, what was your experience of seeing this film, Maddie? First of all, I, I want to I say that Zatanna and her father's I'm going to butcher his name, so I need you to help me out. What's his what's her father's name? Zatanna's father. Yes. Oh, is it, is it Zatan? I I don't know. So is it Zatanna's <laughs> father or is it is it um it's Ravens, isn't it? No, Ravens. From the... as far as I can say, the Ravens' father is the devil. Yeah. Okay. I maybe maybe I'll, hang on. Let me just have a look on here. Um. Zatanna brings together powers. Um, it doesn't say on the on the on. Okay, so Zatanna's father is Zatara, and okay. these are the, these are two mystic beings, but human beings who have mystical powers. Yes. And there's a there's an amazing arc in a show called Young Justice, which is just fabulous. Yeah, where we super popular. Where we see Zatanna and her father have this relationship, and it's Zatara who's Zatanna's father again, just so I can remember, mm-hmm. uh, who becomes Doctor Fate. Oh right, okay, yeah, Doctor Fate, and, fantastic. And to and to be honest, Zatanna is, and especially that arc of how she has to let go of the father that she just got, so that the world can be saved, mm-hmm. and also joining a team of Young Justice, it's it's one of those things that I, I, I've not read the comics as much as you have, so I don't know if that's something that's straight from the comics or not, but I don't think there's any other story that's so, that's like so much rooted in just that universe. Yeah. Like, and Zadana is one of those characters which if they do it right, you, you will fall in love with immediately. Mm-hmm. And I, I also hate that if they ever if DC ever does Zatanna in live action, they're going to just 
overly sexualize her character and it's going to take away so much from her, what her story is because when we because when we started with Zatanna she's a she's a broken person who finds a family with with the young justice mm-hmm. yeah no, you're absolutely right. And and she she has been, I mean, all comic books are, 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 are terribly, and, you know, this is through modern eyes as well. So you, you can't, in some ways, you can't look at the past and place too much judgment because we were in a different time. But in a more modern context, most of the characters in these universes were overly sexualized. The men were too. There's a lot of muscles bulging in places where they don't tend to bulge. Um you know, realistic interpretations, not so much, uh, unless you are reading Kingdom Come, where it's pretty bang on. But Zatanna's, you know, it's 90% of the time. Well, I mean, King, for those of you who don't know, Kingdom Come was illustrated by Alex Ross, who's a painter, and he he paints true to life, and it's it's incredible. It's like watching a movie, isn't it, Addy? Um, oh, it is. It's it's amazing. Yeah. How they never it's did an animated a... version of that, I don't know, but it's, you know, probably... probably Could you imagine just, just the first chapter of... Uh... That speech, that yeah. or like just that scene where, where Superman's farming in that in that uh, cage. It's the it's the the, the VR oh. yeah kind of thing yeah and and oh, just God. that the, the 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 part where the incident happens the inciting incident of that of the hero exploding a parasite I think his name was, um, yeah it's pretty incredible but yeah I mean not, traditionally comics aren't known for their accurate depictions of the human form and Zatanna does tend to wear fishnets which are impractical whence fighting crime while wielding magic um but yeah so Justice League Dark the original film uh comes out in 2017 it's really good like if you get a chance to see it uh do following year we get uh Teen Titans the Judas Contract um which is based on I think it's Marv Wolfman and um George Perez um, shout out to George Perez too as well. He's he's quite ill at the moment. He's not long for this world. Remarkable writer, work, uh, uh, artist and writer. Uh, you know, worked on some of your favorite stuff, I guarantee. Avengers, uh, Justice League, Crisis on Infinite Earths is all him. Um, yeah, in, in, incredible artist. But uh, they did a series of Teen Titans uh, in the 80s and uh, this story, in particular the Judas Contract where, you know, uh, Deathstroke sort of betrays them. Um, that was I haven't seen that animated film, but I, the, the comic line is pretty great. Um, and then uh, I do believe in yeah the the suicide the suicide squad one is in the continuity there. It is oh okay. It What's is that? hell it's, to pay. Con- is it hell to pay? Hell to pay. Yeah right. And that came out to kind of coincide with the the Suicide <laughs> Squad film, if I'm not mistaken. And then yep. um, before we sort of drop out of this continuity, we get to the tip of the spear, the piece de resistance, Justice League, Dark, Apocalypse War. Now, wait a minute. What's up? What did I do wrong? You you skipped over one of the biggest ones here. What? what? You skipped over the death of Superman. That's after. Isn't it? No, it's not. It's uh, it's hell to play the death of Superman. Uh, Then it goes City of Demons and then Reign of Superman. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's getting saucy on this podcast. No, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought sorry. I I thought I'd be No, it's fine, brother. It's fine. Um, I'm just messing with you. Oh, and also missed over Scooby Doo and Batman. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um and then there was uh 
so Justice League uh, Judas Contract Batman and Harley Quinn was pretty cool that was a mature one where Harley Quinn has some afternoon delight with with your boy uh, Dick Grayson while he's tied to a bed not not he, she doesn't um, uh, 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 assault him she doesn't take advantage of him he's into it like he, and, and why wouldn't you be um, and uh, then there's uh, Batman imagining stuff here what sorry my mind's playing games. I'm imagining stuff now. Yeah, well, you can hardly see that movie, and you don't have to imagine. They've done it for you in Technicolor. <laughs> it's some sexy. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> it's actually a really good. I mean, I love the character of Harley, especially when she's done solo and not part of an ensemble. Um, that that animated series, the Harley Quinn animated series, is really good. Um, Batman versus Two Face, which is another animated movie based on the um, the '60s series. Uh, then we have uh, an Elseworld story called Gotham by Gaslight, uh, which was uh, originally illustrated by Mike Magnola of um, Hellboy fame, where Batman is in Victorian London going after uh, a Jack the Ripper type character, which I believe ends up being the Joker. Yeah. But that's that's Elseworlds. Yeah, Suicide Squad held to pay in 2018 uh, post the Suicide Squad movie. And then, yes, the two-part Death of Superman and the Reign of the Superman, uh, which was a more accurate representation of the Death of Superman books, as uh, as we talked about before. Um, Justice League and versus the Fatal Five. Um, I haven't seen that one. Uh, we had an adaptation of Hush. Um, we did, which is, um, I'm going to say something here. I know that Hush is a really beloved comic and a really, really well done game. But Batman Hush is also, a sh- I think it's a short film that they did, which is in the continuity. Mm. But I don't think it lives up to what they kind of wanted to do with telling the last story with Batman in, in this continuity. Because I, I, I it, agree, yeah. It definitely doesn't fit. I mean, the Batman in this in this universe is quirky and fun, but it's also really dark. Mm. But Batman Hush is a mixture of those just quirky and fun and dark that it just doesn't work there. Yeah, I completely agree. And you, if you want to enjoy Hush, read the books. Read the 12-issue series. Go and get the trades. It's really good. Jeff Loeb and uh, the return of Jim Lee to you know, monthly comic work after, you know, some time running Wildstorm. Beautiful. It's uh, my I, my uh, sister-in-law, Alex, who I talk about a lot because she's a big comics nerd. I uh, lent her the trades of that uh, during one of our lockdowns here in Melbourne in 2020. And she loved it so much. She just, we, we talked about it for weeks on end. And I went and bought her the big, you can get a big like volume of all of it, which has got, you know, special edition kind of limited uh, sketches and and interviews with the uh, creators and script pages and all that stuff. Like, go and treat yourself. It's a, if you're a comic fan, go and pick that up. Um, definitely worth a look. Uh, Wonder Woman Bloodline, um, which is a, a, a Wonder Woman movie about bloodlines. Obviously, uh, Rosario Dawson yes. uh, returning as Wonder Woman, which is great. I love Rosario. Adaptation of Superman: The Red Sun, which is actually a really baller idea. Oh, I, I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, have you not I seen had, that one? I, oh, I love that one. I had no idea that it's not in the continuity until now. No, oh, man. it's an Elseworlds. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's fine. But yeah, uh, based on the graphic novel by uh, Mark Miller and uh, David Johnson, uh, where Superman or Kal-El's 
spaceship, instead of landing in the United States, uh, lands in uh, what I believe would be the USSR or the Soviet Union at that time. Yes. And he is and then, up, yeah. Yeah, he is brought up yeah. as a, as basically a a communist mouthpiece and and you know a, 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 a Stalin like figure. Um, pretty pretty intense, but uh, great story, really good story. And then we have, as I said, sorry, uh, messing up before Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, it's really great. I know why I like it. Why do you like it, Addy? So I have to backtrack a bit because uh, I, I I really have to talk about Death of Superman. And oh, sure. Superman. Yeah, sorry. I don't mean to run roughshod over the whole thing. I'm just trying to hit all the beats. But yeah, please rewind to gotcha. um, uh, Superman, uh, Death of Superman. So Death of Superman is it's what we were supposed to get in PBS, right? It's what it's what we practically got, but you see, you see, just you see the end of BVS, and you see, I'm not comparing here, but of course I am. <laughs> uh, and you see, uh, Death of Superman. Oh my God, that film. It's it's just dark. That's that's where they're like, oh, we know what we're doing, and you're not ready for it. <laughs> that's that's their that's their mission statement. It's like we we are going to. I like. I choked up when Superman dies there because it's it's done so comic book where it is it is his cape that's flying there mm. at the end where, where he dies in Lois's arms. Oh my god! <laughs> Could you ever imagine? Like, and it's so it's so weird that uh, it's it's one of the biggest points I have is why I want to discuss the DCAU here today is that. You have you have the live action films going on, and you have these films going on. And to be quite frank, these films were better than the ones we got. And yeah, it's it's sad to see that you know there was a, there was a company who was doing these two things simultaneously. And why couldn't have they just you know just crossed over and just you know looked at what each of them were doing? And it's a, it's a shame that we that the at least the continuity with the Flashpoint uh, Universal films, it it could have been such a such an amazing blueprint for what DCEU could have been, and it would have been perfect. Mm. Yeah, I don't and, disagree. Uh, I, I do yeah. feel like they can do things in animation that you can't do in live action, though. Of not, course, not and that's quickly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean. <laughs> You could, like what uh, Doomsday Killing Superman could in in animation could take what six months? Yeah. To animate and uh, in live action it could take a whole year. Yeah, well, I so, mean, it, it, not even that. I, I I was kind of being facetious when I said time, but I more meant that in animation there's a lot more give as far as what people will perceive to be real you know that this is an artifice. It's fake in front of you. I'm not talking about the uncanny valley of it. I'm just talking about it's a cartoon. So there's an immediate disconnect from reality. And you can do things in that space that you can't do in animation because people read real life action stuff as this is real life. And if it doesn't look right, then it's clearly wrong. Whereas animation, there's a little bit more latitude. Um, so that was sort of more what I meant. But yeah, you're totally right. It would take longer to... Um, express those ideas in in a live action format, whether it's CG animation or whatever. And then, 
And then when you continue that with, I know we have Condin, uh, Constantine in there, mm-hmm. but he's, I think that film is again, something that cut that loosely connects to it, but also does build up to Apocalypse War. Yeah, I think that's the straight up build up, right? Yeah. That's I, the straight one uh, there. Yeah. And, you know, you get to Apocalypse War and it's, it, it, oh it is a sequel to Justice League Dark, um, and it brings in uh, Jack Kirby's New Gods characters, and it is set in a universe where the heroes have lost uh, against Bat- against Darkseid. And um, I'll just give it a quick like overview. Uh, you know, Superman has been poisoned with kryptonite. He no longer has his abilities. Um, the demon Etrigan is so bemused and upset by the loss of life and, and their inability to overcome uh, uh, Darkseid and his, his hordes that he stopped rhyming. The demon Etrigan constantly rhymes. And, uh, you know, Batman is, is now a, a slave of Darkseid. A lot of the heroes have died. Wonder Woman has been, you know, maimed horribly. Um, they're just doing, you know, Cyborg has become part of, of Darkseid's technology part of his ship it just it does things with the characters and then your your into that is constantine uh and him reluctantly coming on board for this crazy plan that can hopefully you know change the way things have been change the way things were and his love story with zatanna as well just beautifully pitched and like i said before doing things with these characters that are uh, and I, I think I covered this in, in one of my episodes of the Stitch Up uh, when we did um, Zack Snyder's Justice League or the Snyder Cut or whatever. The, you don't see... They don't make big moves like this in the movies because it's too, it's too risky. But it's the most interesting DC film that they've ever made. Absolutely. And it's inspiration for something that, that for me is something in my mind that I want to make. And it's that, it's that one opening shot of just everyone dying in mm. that film. Yeah. It's it's there's no there's no dialogue and you see you see Shazam dying, mm-hmm. you see Hal Jordan dying and you see just everyone you've known in this universe just being beat up as shit. Mm-hmm. And you have the beautiful and beautiful ending with the flash. When yeah. he runs when he, he I think he reverses he reverses time, right? He does, yeah. He's, he, him and Constantine come up with a plan to change it back because they they become aware of what happened in Flashpoint, how the continuity was changed. Uh, and he says, you know, well, I guess we'll see what it'll be. He runs back in time and the screen turns white and that's it. That's that's as far as we go with those with those characters in that continuity. Um, it's, and it's, it's beautiful to see... Wait, sorry. No, 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 you go, yeah. Sorry, um, I was just saying that it's beautiful to see how uh, we started with the flashpoint and we end with kind of understanding what happened and then realizing that should have never happened in the first place. Yeah, yeah, very true. Even though you got so much going on with these characters in a way that you hadn't seen before, you do get to a place where it's like, oh, this has all been wrong, which is an interesting part of multi or multi-universal uh ideas in 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 comic book continuity dc or marvel is is how things are changed and you get a lot out of that story wise but then the tradition of what you understand 
is sometimes refreshing when it does come back. It's why they reboot stuff all the time. They've just yeah. done it with a bunch of comics, a bunch of DC stuff. And Marvel too. Punisher just got a new issue one as well, which is where he's um, no longer using guns as weapons and stuff. Like you have to reinvent this shit because people... Yeah, I mean, they could have kept going with that universe and whatever. Uh, I, I really liked the Constantine film that they made as well after that, um, which was which was pretty cool, but I, I don't think it was part of that continuity. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty baller. They, they did adaptation of um, the Hush series. Um, they did a Justice Society, World War II. Batman, Soul of the Dragon's pretty awesome. It's got a great soundtrack, at least. It's like a 70s kung fu Batman movie. Um, Superman Man of Tomorrow which was launched as part of the oh, yeah. um, DC Fandome in 2020 which I watched that was the it's, it's the continuation it's, I'm sorry to cut you off here but no not at all not at all um, I think for for me how it comes down to is that this continuity with the Flashpoint right it's something that I fell in love with and then we saw we saw the the disconnect or I'll say with the, with the animated films doing so well and just being so so much story and it's just it's embracing fan with it it's embracing each and every fan with every single film yeah kind of the rise of dcu in the same in like the same timeline and uh, it's it's just weird how you know you have these you have these two uh universes and then you follow you like especially for me because i fell in love with this continuity and then it gets rebooted and now they have they have man of tomorrow which was the first uh, film they did after uh apocalypse war i think yeah yeah it was it was it was the year after and uh, it's it's like how how you would have felt after crisis of infinite earth and then you have the new continuity with mm. uh flashpoint and it's it's something that's very interesting to just think about is that I felt or you felt after reading the Flashpoint, but I saw the films and still felt the same thing. Yeah. And it's and it's exactly what you said is that we don't like it's so much risk that it has to be done in animation. Yeah. And it's just and it pays off, man. Like that's the biggest thing about these films, it pays off so perfectly. Mm. And with I love how they have like a new like kind of drawn like Jack Kirby style of animation now with uh, Superman Man of Tomorrow and especially it was amazing to see that in uh, Wonder Woman was it Wonder Woman or just uh, World War Two Society? Yeah, the, the yeah, Justice Society, Justice Society just, World War Two. Yeah, it did did have yeah. that kind of that Kirby esque, um, very nineteen fifties nineteen sixties blocky style animation. It was cool. I dug it a lot. And then from there we go on to, it was Injustice that came out last year. Yep, yep. Based on the the, the super popular video game and comic series written by. Australian comic wunderkind, Melbourne boy, Tom Tyler. Represent. Tom, Tom Taylor, sorry, I think it is, um, because his Instagram handle is TaylorMade. Sorry, Tom, if you're listening, because I know that you always are. I at you all the time and you never at me back. I've, yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> I read a lot of his stuff, you know, with my with my co- comics and uh, co- my coffee. And then, and then I can't talk. My uh, coffee and comics um, posts that I make in the morning times, and I I collect everything that he sets out because I think he's a great 
he's a great writer. So hopeful. There's so much hope in his work. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, and, and we're gonna um, talk about we're gonna talk about that one. Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. We need to spend some time on, in particular, Superman, uh, the son of Kal-El, which is about uh, Jonathan Kent, um, which you know caused a big stir when he uh, when he was revealed as being bisexual, and because of the internet's fucking swamp, everybody went completely bananas, and they really shouldn't have. The guy still gets like threats from people for for making man for making superman anything other than completely cis and uh it's ridiculous but he's such a pimp it's actually the reason sorry this is a tangent but i want to get into it tom taylor is this this you know playwright from melbourne who works in comics he's got an exclusive deal with dc he's written some of the best work they've got they brought out sorry about the audio issues again um He's currently writing Nightwing. It's the best Nightwing has been since the uh, early, late 90s, early 2000s, when Chuck Dixon was on the book with Scott McCloud and, uh, sorry, Scott McDaniel. And um, he's also writing, you know, Deceased, which is an Elseworld story about the world getting taken over by um, uh, uh, the anti-life theorem, but it turns everyone into zombies and... It's just, he's also got his uh, creator-owned series, um, uh, Seven Secrets, which is really great. Look, he's a, he's a great writer. And he's working on Superman, and he, they say to him, look, we're going to relaunch Superman. Kal-El, Clark Kent, is going into space with the authority to fight something. Grant Morrison writes a little lead-up book to that, and then boom, Kal-El is gone for the for most part of you know, in the DCU and Jonathan takes over. Everybody knows who Jonathan is. He doesn't have a secret identity. And within the first few issues of that book, he is revealed as being bisexual, like I said. And that's because they asked Tom to do it. And he said, well, I don't just want to do another great white savior book. Can we make this interesting? Can we tell a story and represent some people who have been underrepresented? A beautiful sentiment. And you get over the fact that it's two, you know, uh, 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 people who were born men being in a romantic relationship really quickly. Like it's, it's just, it's just a love story and it's a really beautiful love story. Like Superman being nervous about going on a date with this, this, you know, this person, this other guy, he's like, you know, I'm, I'm Superman. I've got all the powers in the world. And yet I'm terrified of having pizza with this, this person because I have real feelings for them. It's wonderful. But the thing that got me interested in Tom is that he on Facebook and Instagram, he gets a lot of messages, literal death threats from people, which is just ludicrous. There's some really unhinged and, and damaged people out there who need help. Um, and they say to him, hey, you know, how dare you make Superman gay? You know, slur, 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 your horrible swear words, swear word. He then donates $50 to a LGBTQ or LGBTQ adjacent charity in that person's name. Right. Yeah, and then posts it on social media. So what a what an amazing way to deal with hate. And I was like, I felt like um, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Django Unchained. I was like, you have my attention. And I went and got. I did seriously. I went and got that book. I went and got Superman, Son of Kal El. I was about seven issues or something behind. I went and got the back issues. I started reading it, and I was like, this guy is the truth. This guy is legit. And I, I now get all of his stuff because, again, he's telling interesting stories in a new and dynamic way that is surprising a 40-year-old uh, a, a comic nerd who has been reading since he was three years old. 
when you've got his first Spider-Man book or four or five, however old I was, you know, to, to excite me about comics again is just, you know, I owe that guy a lot and uh, I think he's doing some beautiful work and also dealing with um, hatefulness in a, in a really intelligent, articulate and um, uh, uh, modern fashion uh, without violence, without um, being uh, uh, horrible back to a person dealing with it in, in, a, in a smart, intelligent way that isn't about hate, that is about putting love out into the world. Like, if you send me hate, I'm going to send love to someone else, you know, as a, as a combatant of that. What a legend. Anyway, so Tom, at me, mate. <laughs> total, total rant, total rant. Now, look, um, we need to get into the Robins. Are you ready to talk about Robin? Holy hell. So can, can I just go back to what, what you were saying? Please just back do, to your yeah. rant for a bit. Yeah, that's why I just wanted to check and make um, sure where we were because I kind of ranted for a second, but I do that. Yeah, I love you, man. Uh, Thanks. So a friend, a friend of mine on Instagram is called Kenobi Reviews, who has a post up right now called Sorry, Why say the, Superman Say the name man. again. You, you, you uh, it. It's called, uh, his handle is Kenobi Reviews. Love Kenobi Reviews. Great writer. Right? Great writer. Absolutely. I know, right? Yeah, amazing. Really good. An amazing person to talk to. Yep. Um. Uh, he has a post up right now called Why Superman Matters. And he talks about why John, Jordan Kent, Jonathan yeah, Kent. Yeah. Jonathan, sorry. No, that's okay. And he talks about why it matters for Jonathan Kent to be by. And mm-hmm. it's amazingly written. I'm, I'm not going to say a lot, of, a lot about it, but do check out that post because that man's legendary and everything he does. And like that post made me cry. It yeah. was so fucking well written. It was pretty beautiful, and he is a. Oh, sorry, um, they. I'm not really sure of their uh, their gender or how they identify. Um, uh, can I be reviews? They are a yeah, very sorry. good writer. No, that's fine. Like we don't know. It's hard on Instagram. Um, we've had that conversation before, but uh, they are a very good writer. They have wonderful prose and beautiful sentence structure and very passionate. Um, uh, 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 syntax when when writing. So yeah, do do check them out. It's it's well worth your time. And, it, and we'll, we'll tag uh, the next post as well. Absolutely, and he makes amazing points there. And yeah, I mean, just it's. I, I want to swear. I, I really want to just punch people in the teeth when they say, "Why would you ruin Superman?" Because grow the fuck up. It's not even Clark Kent. Yeah, and even if it was, and, what's the big deal? Exactly, and this this is my main point is, what if it was, right? Mm. What if it was Clark Kent? What's the one thing that Superman stands for? Hope. It's hope. It's hope. It's hope for a better future, and it's hope for, it's hope for humanity. Mm. And we live in a world where it's, it's really... Sorry. Uh, it's, it's very easy to hate on people. And if you if you hate on people based on the fact of who they are, fuck you. Agreed. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm I'm not. So, I love that they did that. I love that Tom Taylor did that, and I I am absolutely in love with. And of course, he was going to have backlash, and he knew that. Of course, he did. Yeah, he's but, controversial you know writer as it is because he's he's modern you know he's not he's not afraid to be uh of of the time it's something it's something that the films haven't acknowledged as well and it's something that 
it's it's representation at its best is what it is. Like you you're not forcing it on somebody. You're not forcing it on the character. It's a completely new character. Mm. And it's it's hopeful for people to see how they are to see Superman how he uh, how he is if that makes sense. Mhm. And uh, just finding hope that you know we're not alone here. Yeah, that there so, is you you there is a voice for you in this in this realm that you're not completely surrounded by like like he said great white saviors Batman, Superman, Flash, Green Lantern these are all straight white men. Um and we, we live in a different time. We live in a time where representation is important and and someone like Tom Taylor's work is is elevated by its modern understandings of diversity. If you're not on board with that, then stop reading or go back and read stuff from another time. It's not for you. This is not for you anymore. Yeah. And, and and you were saying before, you know, it's not even Clark Kent. That's very true. But even if it was... It wouldn't really matter. Yeah, there's no real... It, it reminds me of, um, you know, and, and it's speaking about hope as well, in, in Son of Kal-El, he's a very, you know, what would be termed woke character because he's more interested in the people he saves than the people he, you know, is fighting. And when there is collateral damage, he suffers emotionally because of it. And he is interested in, you know, preserving... The, the planet there's a whole two issue series with um the the new aquaman who you know it's about conservation and and he's part of a, a like a sort of internet paramilitary news group who are going after these corrupt people like he he's part of that with his boyfriend and there's just some interesting ideas going on there. and he is he's such a hopeful character that he always wants to see the best and be the best and bring out the best and punching or isn't always the answer the way that even his dad sometimes thinks it is and it just uh, it reminds me of um you know the Clark Kent idea and uh, you know what if Clark was gay or whatever you know how we, the Sony hacks happened and it said that <clears throat> Peter Parker always has to be straight and white basically and I'm reminded of uh uh Todd McFarlane, the the creator of Spawn and and you know co-founder of Image, worked on Spider-Man for a really long time. And during the press tour for the Spawn movie years and years ago, he had a conversation with someone on camera about the fact that nobody knows really, you know, people who go up against him, criminals and the like, don't really know what race Spider-Man is. And I guess you probably don't even know what gender. And he always wanted to write a story where that uh, sorry spider-man you know interrupts the mugging of an african-american person um you know or, or an asian person or something and you know something the cops come and take the robbers away and whatever the hell it is and or, or the robbers were, were of color and the cop says oh those bloody and then uses whatever derogatory word you you want to put on a race i'm not going to mention any right now because they're ugly and disgusting um, and Spider-Man slams this police officer up against the wall and points and says, what color do you think I am under this mask? And I always loved that idea of these superheroes should represent color or mask or otherwise should represent the ideal of what as human beings we should strive for 
in interacting with each other, not saving the world or, you know, solving problems or crises or, or, you know, just beating the other guy, whatever it is, they should be like things, like you said, hope things for us to look to and go, we can be, we can do better. We can be better. And, and having a character like um, uh, Jonathan Kent being the character that he is written by the writer he is, it's 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 showing that possibility to a generation of kids who are only just discovering comic books and being influenced by heroism. So, man, that was we just got some we just got serious. We got serious, but you hey, know sometimes this is, we this do. This is what we do here. This yeah, is what we do here. We got to take this stuff for real. Um, so, thank you very much for listening to that. Um, I hope you do go and check out. Uh, uh, Tom Taylor's work it is really great and and there's a lot of books out there right now that are, that are doing some really interesting stuff with characters you're familiar with and some that you're not as well so um, but uh, before we move on uh, we're going to talk about as I said at the beginning the very first the original gangster of sidekicks Robin alright folks we're going to put a little button in it just there uh, before we get into really deep talking about the Robins because let's face it this episode was getting long so come back next week uh, for part 2 where we uh, talk about the boy wonder for a good long while so uh, we'll see you then (laughs) 